0: What's your weird story?
1: Hello, Weirdsville. It's time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast with me, Adam Beebe, one of your hosts, the other host over here with me as always, Uh, and uh, really has always in my life um, is the smiling sensei, Mr. Barry Johnson. Hello, Barry.
0: Hello, Professor. How are you, sir?
1: I am doing well. I uh, how um, how's things done there?
0: <laughs> good, good. Uh, you know, uh, same, same old, same old. So,
1: is your, um, your 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 boy? Did he is he gone back to school yet, or yeah, is he heading out?
0: Sort of. Yeah, they um, they he and some buddies went over to Arkansas for the weekend to. Do a little hiking and hang out near um Eureka Springs, do you know where that uh, you know where that is It's a cool mm-hmm. little town man so yeah indeed so yeah they're they're doing that they got a little cabin out there with some of his buddies and they're uh they're doing that man, yeah, so then he heads back, actually, he flies back tomorrow, so uh wow, cool. but I have not seen him since uh he 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 left town on friday, so uh we got, a shorter, we got the shorter end of the trip here over in, in yeah. our neck of the woods. But uh, but yeah, everything else is good, man.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, look, uh, that's kind of to be expected, you know. I mean, when yeah. you're that age, you yeah, want to yeah. go and you want to hang out with your buddies because you haven't seen them. And uh, your parents, you know, you talk to and, yes. you know... we're an afterthought. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, family's great and all, and everybody loves yeah. family, but that, especially when you were... In your teens, your late teens, and your early 20s. Yeah. You know, that's when friends are yeah. the more important family. 100%, you can, man. You know, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh,
0: yeah. Those are your best friends that you form at that age. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, man. Um, you know, like so many of my good friends that were there came together from in my late teens and 20s. You know, when uh, at high school, it, I mean, with the exception of, well, Uh, With the exception of you, of course, and some of our other friends as well. We've known all of our lives. We grew up in a small town. We knew everybody. But, you know, like you and I, we always were friends, you know. And even when we didn't hang out, you know, a lot like in high school. We're still, you know, friends, good friends and everything. We still... Stayed in touch and, you know, yep. and like uh, like our good friend, uh, a special correspondent, resident Bigfoot expert, Mr. Jeff Hubbard, yes. uh, attorney of law, you know, he and I really became friends in high school yep. and in college in the first couple of years that uh, I went off to school because we both went to uh, southwestern Oklahoma State there. In Weatherford, and you know, we made some new friends there, like our buddy Sam, yeah, and right. uh, uh, Gabe, and uh, Gabe's brother, who I never met, he has a twin brother, I never met him. And um, you know, I still joke about that he doesn't have a real t- twin brother, he just tells me that, but it, he
0: does. <laughs> um, but <laughs> how would you know, you know, I
1: right out of that, I've never seen you guys in right. the same room, so, you know, <laughs> right. but uh. Well, yeah, you know, and then I'll as I moved around in my twenties, and I know this is par- probably very parallel to you. Um, yeah. I, I made very good tight friends, yeah. uh, you know, where I went, and you know, just a handful of them. But
0: yeah, man, and it's it's crazy how all along the way, too, like you you meet people that I think when you're trying to figure the world out. Those relationships are like hugely important because you need that. Absolutely. Yeah, you need you need that yes. bounce back and forth of, you know, ideas or you know, or just people to be around, man, for a support system. Yes, you know, good Indeed. friends,
1: and also, and also people from different backgrounds, you know, yep. and yep. who have had different life experiences. Yes, and um, who've had, you know, th- things that are unique to them, or at least you know, unfamiliar to yourself. Right. So that you can learn more and that you can widen yourself as a person yep. and then you also, you know, you do some traveling on your own and uh, you grow and that's kind of, you know, this applies this can be applying to uh, today's guest.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Who uh, has had a very you know, he's traveled a lot in his life. He's had a very unique experience, very different from our own. Um but uh, our guest today, Henry, uh, was we had a great conversation uh, with him, and some a lot of similarities, but a lot of very different things as well. You know, yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just go ahead and get into that. Uh, joining us from uh, Atlanta, Hotlanta, Atlanta, uh, by way of uh, of Canada, and by way of Africa is henry henry thank you so much for joining us what's your weird story
2: august 76 i was uh 75 i beg your pardon i was six years old and uh my father had uh uh, just concluded a contract for my country of birth nigeria and so um part of the perks was he traveled, uh, we traveled the then 12 states of Nigeria. We just went to every, start. it was like a, a whole month of traveling. We had four cars in the entourage. this was way back in the 76. So we had a Range Rover, we pulled a caravan, we had a Land Rover, and then we had a, a smaller car. But the last leg of the trip, we were going back to where we were based, where he was supposed to make sure the job was done. And then it was a dam he had built and he was supposed to hand it over to the government. We had an accident. Um, I don't want to go into the story about the accident, but that's where I had my encounter. Um, So our Range Rover was from uh, seven times down into um, um, the bed of a lake. The lake had dried. So this is in the northern part of the country in Nigeria. Which is uh, a Sahel savanna kind of a place, and you know it was drying up. So there was a, a lake, and it was dry. It wasn't full of water, but it was muddy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So, so I salted seven times and landed upside down, and cool. threw out everybody in the car, including my dad, my mom, my sisters, all my siblings, and the driver. We had the driver um, yeah. threw everybody out of the car, and I was the only one that got stuck in the car. Oh, so my leg wow. was. In the driver's seat, because I was sitting right behind the driver, <clears throat> my leg was trapped in the driver's seat, and the car was upside down. Mm. And then the car was now, because of the weight of the car, the car was kind of submerging under mud. So mm. I oh gained gosh. consciousness when the my whole body up to my neck was buried, and it was gradually going down. So here's wow. my dad. When he, when he threw him out, he broke his... I'm trying to remember. I think it was his left arm that was broken, so he had only his right arm, and he was trying to pull the car up because he knew I was trapped under the car. Yeah. And uh, while the car was upside down, uh, my mom had a cooler that had baby food, and um, uh, Helen, who died, was probably about six months old. My, the last girl in the girl in the family, she died. But her food and everything was pouring on me, mm. and we had a gallon of gas. You know, the Range Rovers of those days, they had that gas tank at the back. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. it was now in the car, and the gas was pouring on me, mm. all inside the car. Oh my and then, then the I was calling out when I got conscious. I was calling out Daddy, mommy, Daddy, and I could hear them, but they couldn't they, they couldn't they where are you? Where are you? Because nobody thought I was under the car until my dad figured I was under the car. And so um, I remember now that when the car sunk a little more and the mud came up to my mouth, I had to lift my mouth up to be able to call out daddy, because if I put it down, the mud would get into my mouth. Mm. And um And that was where I had the experience. And for like a split second, I saw four of me. A split second, I saw four of me. Wow. And the strange thing is that um, they were all paused. So it was like a movie, but it was four of me. And I didn't see myself, but it was same, same Henry, same age, same color, same height, Same predicament, same scenario, same situation, four of me. Hmm. And the first one um, forced himself to get up by grabbing the wheel, the, the wheel, you know, from behind the car seat, which was crushed. And that was how I was trying And then broke his leg. And it was like in a split second, I saw him at age 17. He couldn't participate in sports. I saw him at uh, 20-something. He was walking with a limb. I saw him at 60-something. He had to do surgery because the knee cartilages had all dried up and all of that. And, you know, the the, the breaking of the bone had led to it. So I could see a path, a trajectory of that person's life in Mm. a split second. And Mm. that was me. Wow. Then the next person, then, then he came back. And was paused, and then the second person, second me, went, switched off the car which was still running, and put the key in his pocket, and then sat back down and just kind of relaxed. And I was like, "Does he want to die?" You know. And I didn't see much about him. That was where it ended. The fourth person, the third person, the third me, um, panicked, and started screaming, and well, you know, could not breathe, and then you know, um, died. Hmm. Then the fourth. Person looked at me and asked me, choose. Wow. So I said, I want number two. He said, You have one minute. Wow. So, and this, I'm six years old. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I quickly grabbed the key of the car, turned it off put the key in my pocket and at just that moment that's when my dad realized something is wrong so he said who turned off the car what happened what happened then and and because he thought i was somewhere lost but, and i said daddy it's me it's me i'm inside the car." for the first time i now told him i was inside the car wow wow so he wow. rallied everybody by now according to him i couldn't see outside but now all the cars that were driving by had now stopped and everybody now was paying attention because I had said, I'm inside the car, I'm inside the car. And from outside, there's a picture of the car. I don't have it now. This was way back in 70, August 75. From outside, they took a picture of the car. You would you could you could not see the windshield of the car. You know, when the car is upside down. Yeah, yep. had submerged. You couldn't. You you could see the door, but you can't see the windshield. The, the, sorry, you can't see the uh, windows, the side windows. It, mm-hmm. The door had submerged to the point of wow. the the window being under the wow. the, the marsh. Wow. Yeah. So that was the first of two weird encounters that just. Uh, set me out. And, and so, you know, I, I I came out of it. So well, what, what happened was they grabbed the car, um, and and some would lift it and they got wood, they would put on, they were putting everything. Even that ta- the, the it used to be a metal gallon of gas, you know, that behind the Range yeah. Rovers. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I had to push it out, threw it out to them. They emptied it of the gas, then put it on to kind of hold the wedge the car from going deeper until my dad could now crawl in because you can't swim through marsh, right? You can't see, through, you know, so they had to lift it up so they can see. He broke the window, went in, crawled in and found me and started cutting. This was about another hour before he could cut (sighs) things out and let me out. And um, I, I think that before he got to me, I was submerged and I was unconscious. So I was unconscious until he caught me out, brought me out. I woke up when I was in the hospital. That's my, that's the first of the two. So
0: wow. That's, man, there's a lot in there, man. Wow. That's, that's amazing. (laughs) I, that I didn't know where you were going with, you know, the key thing. And I was like, but that makes total sense that like, you wouldn't have put that together as a six-year-old kid to turn the car off, and that would get the attention of everyone. Like, Not at all. that's mind-blowing.
2: Yeah. Wow. When I was in the hospital, I woke up. They were now cleaning me up, and they tried to take the key from me. I said no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't <laughs> me blame my you.
2: My keys, giving my keys, and they gave me back the key, and because it was like. It meant a lot to me at that point, you know, it, yeah. it was a sign of me surviving. It was a sign. It was for me. It was like you said, it's for a six year old. So let me and here's why you got two pages of my 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 uh, my. So the, the second one was the book, but you didn't get the first one about how, what I survived. But what that did for me was that it became a door that opens up for me that I I begin to see things I I, I could, you know, so like my book is about me seeing things and how it's a lot extra than just reading and understanding. So that's how the book came in, you know, but it's about me seeing things. It's about having encounters from that point on, because that's what the key stood for me. You know, that was my only proof of that vision. There was nothing else. I couldn't prove anything, you know? So when my dad says, said because, you know, so when they say when when outside, they didn't put two and two together to say, hey, he was the one that turned off the car ignition. They thought the car went dead and they said, hey, what happened to the car? And I said, it's me. It's me. They didn't figure out that I took the keys. Right. So right. when when I tell them this, the only proof I have is that who would tell a six year old boy to take the keys and put it in his pocket? No kidding. Yeah. Who would tell a Range Rover, and if you know how the key in those days were, you have to kind of, you know, twist it this way, pull it this way, then twist it back the other way and then pull it out completely. It was a weird thing, but because I had seen the first person and second and third person do it, uh, the first three people do it, I knew exactly what to do. I pulled the key out, put it in my pocket. Wow. And it was all muddy, you know, because my pocket, my the, my torso, and everything was... But I, I fiddled until I found my pocket. With all the mud that was in it, I put the key in my pocket because I didn't want to lose it. It was a sign of, of, of a visitation. Somebody that came and visited me and showed yeah. me how to survive gave me the key, and I wanted that key. I kept that key until after I graduated university.
0: Wow. That's intense.
1: Yeah. 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 That's... I mean... Just I'm 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 struggling to find words, which is not something that I usually run into. A problem I really run into while we're having these these interviews and stuff. But this is just there's yeah, like Barry said, there's so much here, and that yeah, I would have tried to hold on to that key as long as possible too, because that is your yeah yeah. That's I mean that's literally the key to life for you. Mm -hmm. That is the thing that. That was a that the physical thing that re- represented your ability to live mm. from that point on. Yeah, that's just that's wow.
0: Wow. That's a traumatic experience for a young Absol- child. I mean that.
2: I, I'm not sure. I would. I said absolutely, but I'm not sure. Generally, yes, it would be, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't traumatize me. It, um, it 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 kind of even consoled me. It kind of. I, I was so. What happened is this: um, um, my elder brother died, and the last girl died in that car crash.
0: Oh, oh gosh! Yeah.
2: Um, and um, so, so that experience, um, you know, and between the age of six and ten, I really didn't make much of it. The next encounter I started have, or the beginning of my encounter started when I was ten. Okay. You know, so but it, it kind of. Went right back to where it stopped, you know. Um, okay. So, 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 so for me, it, it, there wasn't that much trauma, you know. Uh, right. And, and then, for some reason, you won't believe it. So, the second part of the story was: so when we were discharged from the hospital, for some reason, my my sight wasn't clear, very clear. My leg was in the, um the, still in a pop plaster of Paris, you know. The, mm. That's what it used to be in those days, you know. Yeah. Um, until it would heal, and they said it. It would take about two three months because I was still a little boy and you know I would heal fast. Yeah. But, excuse me, but I remember standing in front of a mirror and then the same three extra people came and stood with me. Mm. And I was standing in front of the mirror and and um, so they each spoke up and said what they wanted to be, you know. Um. And so and and then I could see. So the first guy said, "I want to be um, a well known." Uh, because my dad had taught me how to play ping pong at the age of four. So, and I was very, very good at ping pong. And at at, at that time, um, they would lower the table and I would, you know, beat all my friends at that age. I you know, I was yeah. really very good at it. So I said, I wanted to be a professional ping pong player. The first person said, oh, I want to be a professional ping pong player. And then he was traveling, he flew, and there was a plane crash and he did not come out of the plane crash. So that was one. Then the second person, so three... The the, the three went through it, and when it came to the fourth person, he said, I'm not going to say anything. I want to hear what you have to say. So I asked myself, I said, what do I have to say? I don't see clearly. I still wear a plaster of Paris, and here's what came out of my mouth. So this was slightly different from the first time. So the first time, you know, the four of them spoke, but this Mm -hmm. second time, the fourth person asked me to speak. You know, so right. this time I said, I said, God, if you give me my eyes, my sight back, and if you heal my leg, I'm going to serve you. And I was standing in front of a mirror when my eyesight became perfectly clear I started screaming out mommy mommy I can see mommy I... she said it's a lie she said, "Stay there stay there she made me stay far away she said how many fingers said, two how many fingers then she brought a piece of paper she wrote something she wrote my name in it and she put it on my my native name she said what is this I said was oh, here my name I can see and then everybody just jumped up and carried me and wow standing in front of a mirror I made a choice wow so that's the second part of it, but that's been the only two times I've seen that kind of a vision, you know, or wow. had that kind of encounter. But it was four of me, and I had to choose
0: one. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that really is. Were your Were your parents uh, religious or involved in any way in the church, or were you the first one?
2: Um, I was the first. OK, my dad, my dad, you know, when he was growing up, he was a a, a, like a, a mass servant because he was Catholic. Uh, he was a mass servant, and that was because he went to a school that was a Catholic school. And if you volunteered to do certain things, you would get scholarship or get the good uh, good books of the some of the teachers and stuff like that. Yeah. My mom did not grow up religious, but uh, becoming a mother, becoming a wife, she learned how to sing some hymns. And, you know, she would once in a while, do, you know, pray and stuff like that. Um, but that was the most of it. You know, um, I was the first person in my family to become... Um, spiritual to become religious and then i went on to become a a pastor of course
0: that's amazing did that what was their reaction did you ever share with them that you had made that deal that with god or what what was the repercussions of that or what did they think of that my mom
2: said and this she told me this um when i graduated from university and when um so um, she had always dreamt I was going to be a lawyer. Mm. But then um, when I was in university, that was when I made up my mind. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a pastor. So I didn't care what I read in university. But I, uh, So when I graduated, she asked me, what do you want to do? I said, I'm pastoring a church. That was when I started pastoring my first church, 1992. Uh, uh, 94, I beg your pardon. 92 was when I made the decision. Mm. Um, right. She said, She said, I will never forget. And she told me, that I didn't know the date of when I stood in front of the mirror, but she knew, because I was a kid then, right? So she called the day. she said, on oh, so-and-so so day, you remember what happened? I'm like, what? I calculated. I said, Mom, I was like, six years then, how would I know what happened? She said, well, you told me this and this happened. I said, yeah, I remember that. And, you know, I didn't take it seriously as a little boy, but she took it seriously. And she came out of that encounter telling herself, I am not going to demand of him where he goes. I'm just going to leave him to go where he wow. thinks go. And I didn't know she made that decision then. But she, she forgot it and tried to make me a lawyer, she and my dad, and stuff like that. And then when she found some contradictions and some hiccups in my path, you know, and then I... Chose, like I was rebelling and I was choosing, I'm going to be a pastor. She now remembered that episode. And she said that when she said, okay, I'm, I'm you know, and because she had, after she had lost, uh, back home in Africa, we take the sons to be, that's what continues our generation. That's, that's how um, yeah. your name continues. That's sure. how you, you get paid for all the suffering, you know? So, right. so she was giving up a lot when she accepted that I would go where I had promised God that I would go and not be a lawyer and that kind of a thing. But that was how she remembered it because of that encounter that happened. And my dad, you know, uh, remembers it all the time. He always tells me, you know, and he, he says uh, he he would always say, "I'm proud of who you have become because of the choices you have made." And and that was how he always referenced it. My my sisters were younger than I was, um, and we didn't talk much about. Um, because of all my sisters, there is only two now who were in that accident.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but I have two more siblings now. Um, so that was in seventy-five. So I've had two more since between seventy-five and eighty-two. We had two more, okay. had two more brother and a sister coming. But um, the older ones all remember that encounter. Yes. Wow, man.
1: I love the fact that your 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 rebellion as a young man. Yeah, is to, you know, is to, your rebellion is to become a
0: uh, a pastor, a preacher. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: usually the opposite direction, yeah. you know. But I love that. I think it's it, funny. it's
0: funny. Yeah, because it's like it's funny what a parent, because I'm a parent, and and what you want for your kids, and when it doesn't pan out to be what you thought it was going to be your mom's ability to just kind of let that ride that out. is says a lot about her character because there's a lot of people that wouldn't let that happen or would, mm-hmm. would try to stop that from happening. But obviously I think they knew that for you, it was your, it was your calling and it was your, uh, it was what you were supposed to do. And yeah. that, yeah. I mean, you know, cause sometimes I think we have this, we have this idea where it's like, um, there isn't supposed to be a struggle with, Hey, I want to be a pastor or something like, that. I want to do something noble like that, you know, but the yeah. truth, the truth of it is it's hard. It's, that's a very yeah. difficult, uh, it's kind of like being a musician or something or a cheat te- teacher where you're, you, you know, you'll go from place to place to place. And oftentimes you, you struggle to find your, your place in, in that world. And just like any other occupation, um, you know, it's it's not as it's not as glamorous as being, you know, a lawyer yeah. or a doctor, you know. Um, so, and yeah,
1: it also, you know, I mean, for a parent to have had their mind set on uh, their child to be a successful, you know, lawyer and and, not, and lawyers tend to have some kind of, you know, a, a power. Yeah, the community, and they have a certain kind of presence and such. Yeah. To you know, and they you know, lawyers make good money. They're the, you know, they can for sure. Um, you know, but for you to kind of like you know, to say that you know that's not what I want. I wanted to live a more humble type of existence, mm. really, because you're called to that. Uh, you know I can I mean I could understand if a parent was somehow disappointed particularly if they weren't you know religious themselves but I mean yeah like Barry said it's really shows the, the character of your mother to accept that and to you know reflect back on that that you were in a way you know you had already made up your mind when you were a child you were in a way you were you know destined to uh, yeah, this path was you know
0: the, the one that you were going to follow through one right. way or the other, right? Yeah, and look where it's I, when I look, yeah, look where it's
2: When I, I was coming on your show. This is the first time I'm ever talking to anybody about that episode, just like that. Wow. You know, I could mm-hmm. talk about it as a prelude to who I am today, but I've never talked about it independently. So when I told her I was coming on a podcast, and she's she's like, she said. Um, She said something very powerful. She said, that moment started by saving you, and then it saved me. Wow. Wow. So, uh, and uh, then she told me a story of, you know, um, how um, bearing in mind the things I had said, and then what began to happen to me. It was four years later, but nobody, nobody, I didn't put two and two together. I didn't relate them that what was happening to me from 10 was because of those things, you know. But then somewhere down the road, we began to say, wow, if that happened to him in the car, who says it wouldn't be repeating in a different format, you know, so I've had that, I've had just things happen to me again and again and again and again that were, for those of us that know how it all started, we just keep saying, yeah, the story continues, you know, that kind of thing. That's how it feels, that's how it feels.
1: You know, they say that confession is good for the soul. Here on the What Your Weird Story podcast, we're asking you, those friends of ours, some of you, others, we may not have heard your stories where you maybe squeaked by the law, or maybe you had a run-in with the man, or maybe you got away scot-free. We've all had some hijinks stories that uh, in the past that were maybe borderline criminal or fully criminal. <laughs> you have anything like that in your past Bear?
0: Uh, I plead the fifth.
1: We welcome you all to come on to the What Your Word Story podcast and share your stories. Don't plead the fifth any more come out and share we will allow you to use an alias and uh, we can even change your voice if you like but we know there's some good stories out there and we'd love to hear them and laugh along with you because we've all had stupid youth moments when we were kids
2: <laughs> when i was 10 just some um, it started in a one, funny way. I, I would never forget it. It was a 4 p.m. and my mom had insisted. Um, so um, uh, uh, my mom always insisted on us taking what we call siesta in those days. You know, the, it says uh, a child's brain, you know, grows and you know forms properly when they take that afternoon nap. So we mm-hmm. wake up and take a glass of milk, and you know, then you can go out and play. And so 4 p.m., I, I, I went to bed. And uh, my sister, my older sister, um, who was in college at that time, um, um, came into the room, according to her. And I was asleep by now. She came into the room and she had come from school and she was going to change quickly and rush out. There were some guys waiting for her in the, at their house and stuff like that. And I didn't know this happened. It wasn't until about two years later she told me about it. But then in my dream, I started talking. And I said this. I said, do you have four options? Again, so four. I said, you have four options. You're going to go to that house and he's going to um, uh, drug you in the drink and then rape you. Uh, Well, that's what it is. Rape you, but sleep with you. But you're not supposed to give in. This is the first date you're going with. And I was telling her all of this thing. I said, the second thing is this is the first date you're supposed to go with him. You shouldn't go. You know um, yep. meet him in a neutral place don't be mm-hmm. desperate and go to his house the first day and i'm 10 years old i'm telling my sister who is like 19 <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, right i'm saying it's in a dream right yeah. and yeah. then i gave her all the four options and i don't know i did this i don't know i was talking in my dream god is my witness i did not know and she is you know, like at the mirror, making up and, you know, putting lipstick and getting dressed. And I'm talking and I call her by names and we call her sister, you know. So I say, sister, you have four options. You know, you can go and he's going to poison you in the drink and you're in his bedroom and then he'll sleep with you. And then this fourth option is that you will go go to stay in the living room, go to his into his bedroom because his parents are in the house. So if it happens, it will be your choice as well. And the fourth option is that the, this is the first time you, don't, you just made him don't go straight to his house take him out then let go home with him some other time and i started teaching her relationship tricks or tips nine year old my older i started talking to her in my dream and i did not know wow two years later she says to me she said uh, and now she's a different person she is like a christian she's all changed and everything she said do you know when this started i said no she she said she called the date and the time and I was oblivious. She said, you? I said, no, I don't know. She said, then she was, She thought, she now realized that I was in a dream. Because she went into the washroom and cried, according to her. And then I woke up and went out, you know, but she was in the washroom. She cried and she threw up and all of that. And she didn't go for that appointment anymore but i woke up and she thought i was awake and was speaking and we never so she had that respect for me and that fear how did he know about this you know and you know but i didn't know anything for wow. 2 years. <laughs> i didn't know anything for 2 years and uh, we became really close after that um really really close she would talk to me and and that was the beginning of me knowing that I had a gift or every once in a while that God could speak to me or speak through me. That was the big that was my consciousness of it. Wow. But it goes back when I was six, when that when that I had that encounter, of course. That's
0: amazing. What a story. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 I (laughs) again I'm just so much to take in there, just the fact that you were you didn't know. And you didn't didn't know. Yeah. For year for a long time afterwards, and you could have, I mean, it could have been so much worse for your sister. You could have very much saved her life, and in a way, you probably, you, know, you probably did. Um, so, you know, or at least presented that to her to where she made the choice. Mm. It's just
0: it's that's wild. Am- that's it's amazing. Yeah. What can I ask you uh, about your journey over to? this part of the world what was that like for you how did that start did you have an idea that you wanted to come this way or did circumstances lead you this way what was what's the story behind that
2: so in 1999 um i kept on seeing myself in canada i kept on seeing myself in canada um actually started 98 um i kept on seeing myself in canada i kept on seeing myself in canada and then 99, I told the whole family. I said, "Look, um, I see myself in Canada. I don't know why, you know." So I started researching how I could go move to Canada, and um, um, I saw a bunch of opportunities. I applied for my visa. I got my visa in a week, in wow. one week, which wow. is unheard of, you know, applying wow. from Nigeria for the first time. I got my visa in one week, wow. and uh, usually they would say, um, um, "Come and pick it up." Uh, no, they would say, wait, um, and then, you know, and, you know, they will give it out at a certain time. They said, come and pick it up. Wow. So it was like, it's out, it's here. They didn't wait for the scheduled date to release it. They just gave it to me. And um, I was supposed to do a bunch of medical tests, yep. and they were all lined up. Um, the, the soonest I could finish all of them was in three months. So I booked all of them to be done in three months. I got my visa in august and the um the tests were supposed to all lined up there was about 11 tests and vaccinations i was supposed to take and stuff like that before i could move to canada right
0: Mm -hmm.
2: so i went home after i did the first test waiting for the next one then the doctor that was supposed to do the next one called me and said he was moving it you know somebody cancelled Today. Can I come back in today? So I went back in today. And while I was there, the next nine canceled. So I did two, the next nine. I was still in the hospital waiting for the result. He said, this guy just canceled. Can you do this right now? I said, sure. This guy just canceled. That was how he did it. I did 11 tests in one day. The results all came out that same day. Everything was cleared. I got my visa in August. I was in Canada September third. Wow! Wow!
1: That, <laughs> that is again
0: another. To
2: me, that's that's not that's that was just but but like because we've been talking about all of these things, so you can start adding and say, "Wow, that's a lot of things going on." But it it just I did and I didn't opt. Up till now, I didn't put it together. I've not ever said that, you know, one long story. But saying all of this just makes me feel, wow, maybe there
0: was something. Now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. When you saw yourself in Canada, when you're in this vision, did you see yourself um, surrounded in snow or playing hockey or, um, you know, anything?
0: (laughs) eating lots of maple syrup?
1: Yeah, maple syrup and uh, and what, uh, p- poutine. Uh, mm. Or how did you? I mean, like, I you love know, poutine. I mean, well, I, but, but all seriously, all joking aside, how did you? I mean, how did you just knew that this is Canada, and that you were supposed to be there? How How did that kind of come to you? So
2: it's a very funny thing. I traveled a lot before that, but. Um, one of the things I knew before I traveled to Canada was I kept on feeling you've got to love the place. You've got to love the weather. You've got to love the people. And I kept on repeating those three things. Love the place, love the weather, love the people, love the Mm -hmm. place, love the weather, love the people. And so what I did was I researched a lot. I researched a lot. Where would I want to go to? I got a visa without knowing where I was going to in Canada. I could have just gotten a flight and flew to anywhere. But after my research, I decided, okay, I'm going to Ontario. Then okay. I said, I'm going to, you know, uh, Toronto or Niagara Falls. And then I did many, many mini, mini more. And then I, it fell on Niagara Falls. I said, okay, Niagara, <laughs> Niagara Falls it is. But the only thing I did because I didn't know what to expect with the people, yeah, and I didn't know what to expect with the um, the only only way I prepared was. Um, to kind of, uh, it's not that I hadn't seen snow. I had not I traveled a lot before that. My father was always traveling. Um, I, I would go to the freezer and I would scrape the ice from the freezer and I'll put my hands in it. <laughs> I love and it. I'm, I'm loving this. Exactly. And I say, <laughs> I'm, loving
0: this. I'm loving this. That's great. <laughs> That's funny.
2: All true. Whenever I was, when I was in Canada, people would always ask me, uh, like coming from Africa, yeah. do you, do you, what do you think about the snow? I'll be like, I love it, and they'll give me that look. What <laughs> I'm like, no, sincerely, I just love it. I never, and I I don't know how it worked out for me, but I never ever hated And it, it would snow horribly, you know.
0: Yeah,
2: um, yeah, Niagara Falls, Buffalo were the kind of places that it would snow. You would open your door and you can't see outside because the snow was that yeah. high. You know? Yeah, <laughs> several times I've you know, that we've been we've had a couple of those, sure. you know, and um. Um I, I I like driving fast. Canada taught me how to slow down because you can't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Canada taught me how to slow down. So, you know, you can not drive very fast in the winter. And but it it teaches you how to drive again to how to manage your car driving in winter, you know. Oh, so yeah. It, it was it's been fun. It's been fun. You know, I love the people, I love the place, I love and I love US too. I you know, I know more about the US than I know about Canada, and I'm sorry mm. to say that,
0: you know. Canada's a great state, or state, a country. (laughs) Sound like a true American, right? Yeah, right. Canada's a great state. No, but it's a great country. Uh, I have friends that are Canadian. I've been to Canada a few times in my life and always really enjoyed, you know, just even, it's like, I had a friend that told me he said it's like America without all the problems, and uh <laughs> couldn't agree more you know uh, Tim hortons of course the uh yeah gotta gotta get the Tim hortons in there yeah and uh but yeah i so so that's amazing so then when did your trek down to the u s start when did you start coming over here
2: well um between ninety nine and um 2020, I came into the U.S. Probably so. First of all, um, for a long time I didn't. I think for the first five to ten years I was in Canada. I never came to the U.S. Never. Um, but then something happened, and I started coming over a lot more. Um, um, Niagara Falls, USA, has an Indian reservation. Okay, and. Yeah. Yeah, with $25, I would fill my gas tank and fill two 10-liter gallons of gas, and that would last me for—that was the time gas went high in Canada. So if you go, if you spend $25 cross the border, buy gas, at, it will fill my tank and fill two gallons, two ten gallons, two, two extra 20 liters of gas. Nice. And I'll go back with that, and that would last me. So I was coming every time, and then I started visiting, uh, I think 2014 was the first time I came into the U.S. Okay fourteen, but even while I was in Canada, I always loved. Uh, there were so many things. I, I, like, like you said, Canada is U.S. without the trouble, and that's true. The first time I saw a pistol was in the U.S. You know, I lived how right. many years? You yep. know, yeah. Uh, and um, but but I love the life. I love the people. You know, you walk into the country and you just. You feel that there's, you know, all of the everything in the air. You know, they, they said there must be something in the water. There is also something in the air. True. You know, there's a drive. The the opportunities are there. You just have to yep. go for it. You know, and 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 um, everything the U.S. does is is, is hyper. You know, the politics is hyper. The news is hyper. The social media is hyper. The religion is hyper. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, if you love life on the fast lane, you have, you have to be always in the U.S. or yeah. visiting all the time, you know. Right.
0: So. Yeah. No. There's always a, there's always friction happening, and I think it's important because it's it is a uniquely American thing. We are such Absolutely. a diverse diverse Absolutely. country, man, and Absolutely. and I think that's a beautiful thing, you know. Because I remember I moved to New York City when I was nineteen, and I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma and living in a place where you're just constantly being confronted with this mm. is a new culture, you know. This mm. is a new way of looking at things. Mm. Um, mm. We can all live in one space and be okay. It's it mm. was really an interesting thing, and and the culture, the deep the deep cultures that we have in this country and that we celebrate are unique in 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 the way that we're able to do it together. And um, but the but there's always friction, you know. There's always political friction, religious friction, all these things that make us. Yep. And Americans are very different in the way that like you were talking about the drive of Americans, like that is, that is an American thing. Like we like to be prosperous and for better or worse, (laughs) uh, you know what I mean? Um, so that, that's, that's great. And, uh, and that's cool that you, so did your family come with you also, or where are, are they back in Nigeria?
2: I'm not married, um, but I have um, um, I have a sister in the U.K., I have a sister here, and I okay. have a, a brother back in Nigeria. My mom is here with me as well, so Great. if I go back to Canada, she goes to Canada with me. If I stay in the U.S., she'll stay in the U.S., you know. Um, so everyone in my family is all out, you know. I've had yeah. people in India, in Germany, in U.K., you know. Wow. and We're all out of the country, yeah.
0: Will you ever go back?
2: I, I, I am hoping to. Um, so one of the things I want to do before June next year is I want to register a charity. But um, I have my mind is to go back and help pastors back in Nigeria. Um, nobody helped me when I had dreams and aspirations and stuff like that. And, and I really struggled, if not for um, a little bit of benevolence and hard work on my side. Um, and so one of the things I want to do is when I go back next year to Nigeria, I want to go back with a charity. And I want to I every year make life good for maybe 100 pastors across the country. So, yeah, I, I, will go, I go back all the time. I'll go back again. But from
0: next year, it will be different. Yeah. Um, I want to give back. Good. That's great, man. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about your book. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what do you what do you uh, what what is it called? And kind of where can people find it? And give us the the rundown of of the story.
2: Is so, it, um, um, I, I've had two books when I, before I came to uh, um, Canada, um, overcoming the spirit of anger, and then. Um, Overcoming Prayerlessness. Um, but those were all published in Nigeria. I'm working on pub- uh, copywriting them here in U.S. and publishing them again now. Great. Um, and then I was writing a book on what I called uh, the identity code. Um, and what I wanted to talk about was uh, just basically how um, personality mindedness um, denies you the ability to learn your identity, and I don't want to go deep into it, but that was some mix of science and religion. You know, okay. another time I'll talk about that. Um, but um, um, May last year, um, I just it just got pressed on me to to write this book. So I was working on publishing another book when this book came out. Uh, when the idea of this book came out. Okay. Now. Um, I was telling you guys a story about what would happen to me at 4 p.m. every day from the time I was 10. Mm -hmm. And apart from my sister, uh, you know, apart from talking to my sister in a dream, there were other dreams where those were dreams that I really didn't take seriously, but they were foundational dreams for me now, you know? So like I would, I would dream about a Bible verse or Bible scripture or chapter and, You know, like someone would show up and explain it to me, you know, explain words to me that were beyond my age and, you know, and stuff like that. So the first book that that the third book, I beg your pardon, that that happened with was the Song of Solomon, which is the 22nd book in the Bible. Mm -hmm. It has eight chapters. And um, for one whole year, I would dream and somebody would explain every verse of the Song of Solomon for me. Wow. Now, um, because I was 10, it didn't really um, make that much, and I was afraid of it. Then I grew up as a Christian, my passion and my desire was in a completely different area. I love to pray, I love to preach, but the Song of Solomon is emphatic on relationship. So I felt, I'm not married, I don't want to talk about relationships. You know, that's a weird topic for me. You know, that kind of thing. I was always avoiding it. Until May, it was like, no, this is what I want you to get out. So what you have here is, uh, my book is titled The Heart of a True Lover. Okay, It's uh, 340 pages. It's a big book. It's not a small book. It's 340 pages. And it's all on the first chapter of the Song of Solomon. Nice. Uh, And the first chapter of the, like I told you, Song of Solomon has eight chapters. The first chapter has 17 verses. My book has 17 chapters. Each chapter is one verse in the Song of Solomon. So I go back and I remember all of those things I was told, you know, when I was 10, from 10 to 11, and how I just, and I think God just helped me to regurgitate all of it And um, so this book, in the first chapter of Song of Solomon, so if I give you a little bit background history of the Song of Solomon, Solomon married 300 wives, uh, 700 wives and 300 concubines. And um, because of that, um, the Song of Solomon especially has been a a little bit of a conflict book. It's been controversial, you know. So uh, on one hand, you know, a lot of Christians would like to say, Oh, Solomon was such a flawed person. Anything he says about relationship, we need to be careful about it. You understand? Yep. And then on the other hand, every uh, another group of people would say, Oh, everything he says about relationship is not actually a relationship between a man and a woman. It's a metaphorical thing about relationship between us and God, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But God took me to a different direction with this book. And I talk about it basically as a relationship between a man and a woman. And in the first chapter, um, we deal with several issues. um, And I want to talk about two of them if we have the time, just very quickly. Yeah. So, one of the things I talk about in the first chapter is um, um, to enjoy relationship. Solomon advises that we don't have an entitlement mentality. Mm -hmm. And I can prove from the Song of Solomon because that was explained to me. And when it was explained to me at 10, I did not understand what it meant. Right. Like, for instance, divorce. One of the greatest reasons for divorce is entitlement mentality. Now, I respect everybody's feelings if you've been abused or you've been mistreated and all of that. But if we jettison um, that mentality, the entitled mentality, we will keep a lot of our relationships. You know, I say this, for instance, um, what the greatest excuse or the greatest reason for breakups is um, what they always put down on paper, irreconcilable differences. Right. And why our differences are irreconcilable at the point of our divorce is because of among many reasons we become entitled Mm. Solomon was engaged to a girl When he was a young boy He loved the girl That's the girl he wrote the song of Solomon with They were, you know He was engaged to her Then all of a sudden His mom lobbied When David died His mom lobbied and he became king And After a few years He had married 61 women Mm -hmm. When he remembered the girl That he had fallen in love with as a young boy So he travels to the city where the girl is with pomp and pageantry and marries the girl. She came into his court as the 62nd wife. And she says, he said that one of the things that made him go back was he told himself, I cannot be entitled. I must honor my word. Mm. I, I, you know. As a king, I can say, oh, I've become king. She is a girl from a lowly place. I should not give her any attention. My circumstances have changed. No, and she's not prepared for it. And she herself in verse four of chapter one said, don't look upon me because I'm darker than all the other women he has married. You know, uh, here's the reason why. My father made me keep tend the sheep flock, which is why she met Solomon in the first place. She was always outside in the sun and got darker in complexion. And she came from the place too of not being entitled. Mm-hmm. And 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 so um long story short, when we can divorce ourselves from the mindset of entitlement, we start by saying things like, I need you in my life. Right. You understand? I'm not going to play with the role you play in my life. I'm not going to take it for granted. That's when we begin to throw away that entitlement mentality. Mm. So, and I'll say this. This is a fun thing I love saying. Over spiritual people don't like it, but it's a fun thing to say. That is why one thousand women were satisfied staying with one man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> Think about
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. The lady that wrote songs of Solomon with Solomon came in and counted sixty-two or sixty-one others.
1: Yeah.
2: And still celebrated the marriage. Yeah.
1: Yep. Now, historically, a lot of the a lot of weddings back in that time, and you know, even not too far, not too fairly long ago, um, but especially for kings, were a lot of those were political arrangements, you know, yeah. and so they may have been married in, you know, in paper only, you know, in words only, but not, you know, really. Th- living together as man and wife or what or num- number of wives but still yeah the fact that you know it, it is that that uh he he pursued the one that you know he yeah that he that he made his promise to and that of course you know and it, it, we have to look at it in a historical yep. context we yep. have to look at it like <laughs> obviously Absolutely. you can't get away with that this you can't do that this day. I shouldn't say we can't get away with that you can't do that <laughs> Getting away with I am also not married so that maybe that's where that probably came from Well I think i <laughs> not I, th- that I, it, but I yeah. think
0: the entitlement thing the entitlement issue that you yeah, you bring up I think it I think that can move into to relationships through friendships and and mm-hmm. just the yep. way just the way that we treat one another in in relationships Absolutely There's a lot of that um where you know if you come from a a humble place, if you come from a a place of truth and and sincerity, um, that will get you a long way, and I think that a lot of people forget that whenever yeah. they're, yeah, I mean yeah. my gosh, how many in America it's at is it worse than fifty percent the divorce rate? Or it's uh, somewhere 40, around there. 49.8%.
2: 49, 49. I mean. Oh, so it's better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I got it wrong. 49.8% of marriages go beyond the fourth year. So divorce oh, well, course, in 51.2% within the first four years.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we could all do better by heeding that. Those words of wisdom that, you know, were written so long ago, but like still remain true. You know, I think there's something to be said to listening to to uh, things um, and ideas and thoughts from the Bible or, you know, wherever, whatever people pull strength from. Um, I I don't I don't like to uh, try to tell people what to think or whatever, but like, you know, there's something to that you know mm-hmm. your whole story is amazing and the ability to see where you needed to be how to get there maybe not how to get there but the but but having the vision to do something to yeah put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. make rela- yeah. make friendships develop relationships with people i mean i'm i'm fascinated by that because a person that makes it from Nigeria around the globe winds up in Canada and then comes through to the U.S. That's a great story, man. That yeah. you are a, you are a special person. You are not the norm, and so Thank you, you Thank know. You. No, that is a, an amazing story, man. It's it really is. It, it that that's the story of America, really, in 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 a nutshell. Mm. You know. Mm. I mean, people, we we Americans take for granted. I think a lot of what we have, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always a big proponent of getting out there and traveling and seeing the world and seeing what other places have to offer. Mm. And then that I think that's only when you can truly like understand the fact that we are born here is just like what are the chances of that? Incredibly small. So yeah. Um, wow. But, uh, you know, yeah, amazing, <laughs> amazing story. What Can I ask what denomination you're in, or 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 is it non-denominational that you...
2: Non-denominational,
0: yeah. Okay, good, good. I'm a big fan of that.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, um, at least in my mind, and Barry and I grew up in the, we grew up in the Methodist church, and uh, we were very active in that when our youth, and I think that, I think now as we've gotten out more, we see that with, and I may be speaking for Barry here, but I believe it's probably along the same lines as him, but that when you have something that's like a non-denominational, non-denominational, it's more of a pure uh, personal search, personal kind of relationship. Um, I think with, with God and, you know, with, and, and, and the church, you know, your church is more, you put more into it, I guess the structure you're more part of the structure. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying now,
0: but less, less dogmatic approach. Maybe. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very much less dogmatic. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. One of the things,
2: um, that is important, um, is to realize, um, that we are all here together.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. um, It it would not, so Solomon's wisdom um, blessed his people. He wasn't just their king. He became their judge. Mm -hmm. He became a leader. He became their example. You know, and one of the stories that is told is the story, and we all love the story, but um, imagine how the people went home feeling when he made that kind of a judgment. Mm -hmm because his his wisdom was for the benefit of his people. Mm-hmm. When our mindset becomes like that, that that we are all here uh, together, then our gifts begin to be a blessing to humanity. You know, Solomon, um, the story about two women, one slept on the baby and she died. And, and so uh, she went and stole the other one's baby. And then when they woke up, you know so imagine when he says get me a sword and cut the two, cut the baby into two and the other one screamed yes yes cut the baby you know <laughs> you know she can you know you've just been you know so his wisdom did not just solve problems, but it, it just made humanity better. They went yeah. home and the Bible says they marveled and rejoiced at his wisdom, you know. And, yeah. and and so I like what you guys are doing. I like how, Adam, you just approached me and you made it simple. And, you, you know, you probably looked at my timeline and said, oh, OK, you know, but, but 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 this is this is us. We're human mm-hmm. beings. Yeah, exactly right, and we, you know, we help each other out. Our stories help what, each other, you know, and Indeed. and and we benefit. So, whatever we do, is supposed to be for that one sole reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best way we serve humanity. That we use our skills to make everybody around us better. Mm-hmm. All, you know. I believe
0: yeah. that. Absolutely, amen to that. Fair.
1: Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, it's sharing your stories with people, um, new and old, you know, having that interaction uh, is something that is so vital. And that's how you get to know people. That's how you get to experience the world through other people's eyes. And, you know, they may be, you know, very conflicting to your own opinions and views or background, but you still – it gives you – it builds empathy, at least, or you know, it, and or it, it. Empathy is, I mean, so much more important than sympathy. Empathy yeah. is what really drives us, and empathy empathy is that bridge that builds us that so that we can relate to each other so that we can yeah, get yeah. closer together yeah, and so that yeah. we can build a foundation and, 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 you know, extend love in the broadest sense of the term so that we all can love each other to survive Yeah, because we all do, you know, we all, we all need each other in the world as to, you know, to survive, to carry yeah. on because we all are. You know, we all have our our function and our form and our you know what we're here for, one yep. thing or another. Yep. And who's to say what it is for anyone to do? But we do get empathy gets blocked by ego and by you know, you and and, and and I guess mainly ego because ego is the one of the bigger things where if you can't break down your ego to be humbled enough to, you know. Serve your brother and your man and sisters and your mankind, and to be of service and to be open to them and not just trying to dictate your will. Uh, you know, yeah. that's how we get things done. That's how we, if we can come together and work together to build solutions rather than just saying, you know, my way or the highway.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you know,
1: and we're yeah. all I mean, you know, we, we're all at points in our lives very bullheaded and we're like, no, this is the yep. way. <laughs> and and you know, sometimes we're not wrong, you know, but yep. but yep. still you have to be able to make that connection. So you have to be able to share with people and empathize and discover what's in that other human person or persons That, uh, you know, that you can relate with and that you can work with and that you can build a bigger, better organism that is this world. So, sorry. (laughs) Right.
2: That's so good. So good. So good.
0: That's great. So good.
2: I want to say concerning both of you that um, 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 this can go to a lot of places. Let me not even say can. This will go to a lot of places. Yeah. Um, um, I see your hearts. You guys are very, very good guys. You know, very easygoing, and and good guys deserve a lot of good things. So I'll pray for you guys. Thank and you. Just trust God. You know. We but, appreciate. You. But I'm hoping that this goes international. I hope it brings you travel opportunities. I see you guys. Just, you know, I see you travel to international conferences, set up a booth and just interview people. I'm telling you that'd be great. I, Fantastic. I'm yeah. I'm telling you this this thing is supposed to be like a retirement job. When you finish whatever <laughs> you're doing, right? Then you now start traveling and 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 there'll be lots of open doors for you guys. Lots of open doors. I want to also say this that um, there's gonna be a direction that is going to be coming up on you guys. You guys are gonna figure out something that would change a lot of things for you, you know. Um, and it would be a new season. It would attract a lot more attention. Great. There are a lot of other ideas, and 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 when it comes, don't be afraid. Don't don't dilly dally. It won't cost you too much. Just go for it, go for it, and and don't don't look down on those small days, small beginnings, because mm. um, you just keep keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. And stay clean, stay positive. Yeah. You know, stay clean, stay positive. Yep. It just flows out of you, people. You people, you radiate a positivity that influences people. So maybe you know, um, keep that as one of your goals. Stay positive and just just watch where God will take you because there's there's good stuff lined up for you guys, man. I know that. I feel Thank it. Real. I yeah. feel it real Thank strong. you
0: so much. Thank you so yeah, much.
1: Yeah. We really we appreciate that.
0: Do you have any any uh Thing you want to plug as far as like how people can get in touch with you, like Instagram, or I don't know if you do social media or not.
2: Um, apart from my well, I'm on Twitter, I am Henry Waneri. H E N R Y okay. N W A N E R I. My book is titled, uh, The Heart of a True Lover. So if you go to a website titled, uh, named com, you would see, um, you would see um, uh, the book. It's it's there for sale. Um, you can find it on Amazon as well. Um, it's the best place to get it. You know, the shipping is a lot easier. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of problems um, shipping to outside. <laughs> it's just a funny thing. You know, I, I got a lot of copies. Uh, personally, I'm selling close to 1,000 copies of it. Mm-hmm. And the shipping to outside U.S., is killing me. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Killing me within US is four dollars, five dollars maximum. So if you yeah. buy the book, uh, that I can do. But outside US is killing me. But yeah. but it's okay. You know, it's um, it's and been a worthwhile venture for me, mm-hmm. um, and I really appreciate you guys bringing right. me on, not just about my experiences, but linking it. You know, because that was the part I was really interested in linking it. That um, I finally decided to write one of the books that, and, and it was just three books and it stopped. Yeah. So for one year, three books, it stopped. You know, oh, yeah. so yep. it was the Book of Proverbs, the Book of Ecclesiastes, and the Book of Song, all written by Solomon, by the
1: way. And, and, and it's amazing, you know, that those, those are books that are, a lot of them are difficult for adults so to understand. very difficult books, They're, yeah. You know, especially Song of Solomon is very, you know, it's very poetic, it's very much yep. about... You know these abstract things that are uh, not something that many ten-year-olds or yeah. exactly. even can understand, and, exactly. and so, like, for them to be, you know, miraculously, you know, divinely, I suppose, divinely taught and instructed to you, deciphered to you um, by, you know, in your in your dreams, is just. I mean, that's a whole other. Yeah. A whole other thing.
0: <laughs> you write a, you can write a book on writing the book, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: A weird idea
2: just popped into my head now. I like you guys. I, that's what it means. I like you guys. Let me, you know, you know, one of the gifts I got from that encounter is I am an amazing interpreter of dreams. Mm. Amazing. People write me emails up till today, four or five pages detailing a dream, and I explain it to them. And I explain it to them and the most common reaction I get from them is, wow. Wow. So maybe we can shoot off another podcast and we'll be three collaborators and here's what we'll do. You know, come yeah. tell yeah. us. The we'll- <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's and like, great. And people that
1: listen to this show also know that, like, I have a lot. I have some really vivid and strange dreams that's and, why uh, I was saying it. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> think that I
2: would have to interpret. I'll prove it to you right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, I, I'm and actually you, writing a book on interpreting dreams. That's how weird this is, you, you know. So, yeah.
1: there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm, my dreams are—they're long, and but I only really remember like the tail end of it. So it's like a, you're watching a four-hour movie, and you remember yeah, the last yeah. the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. You know, that's how it is.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's great. Wow. You want me to tell you what that means?
1: What's that mean?
2: Yeah. So when you when your dreams are long, mm-hmm. it means um, um, either God wants you to be patient or you are a naturally patient person. You can wait. You can indulge. You can just stay. And And so what he does is because of your indulgence, it, 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 people who are not patient, their dreams are short because of this. Uh, your subconscious um your subconscious attention span. There's something called subconscious attention. That's why some people dream. It might be a very important dream. Pharaoh had a dream, but he forgot it. Mm-hmm. Think about that. You know. So, yeah. so that's the reality about it. You know. Your subconscious. Um, it's a, a, a tongue twister to say it. Your subconscious attention span can be really that short but what that means is that you're you're so patient Joe, Pharaoh was an impatient person don't forget he killed the one guy who came you know there were two people Joseph helped he killed that's how impatient he was
0: yeah yeah so
2: a short dream two of them meaning the same thing he forgot both you see the point I'm making <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so for so people who have long dreams are usually people who are patient and here's what it means It means, let me tell you a few things. It means you'll be a good dad. You'll play a lot with your kids, you know, especially your son. That's what it means because dream is a masculine thing. I I can see that from your face. Uh, It also means that your son would copy you a lot because of how much attention you give him. But then the later part of the dream, is usually where he says, okay, I've indulged you all day. Let me tell you what you need to know. So that's that he gives you and you know tells you that later. So so always check the, the later part of the dream um and, and just take note of it. You don't have to remember everything because that's because of how patient you are. The last part that he wants you to remember, he would make it very vivid or make it you remember that, you know. And 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 here's how the devil can steal it from you. Most times when you wake up and you don't remember most of the dream, you remember a part of it, you think it's a useless dream. You know, you think it's not necessary. No. It's, you know, the part that you have forgotten, that's okay. If God wants you to remember it, he will bring it back to you, especially if he's speaking to you if he's speaking to you. Now, if you tell me a few of your dreams, not today, another day, if you tell me a few of your dreams, then I can begin to draw a parallel, a character of your personality and all of that from your dreams and tell you, here is something God wants you to pay attention to. But I'll tell you something. Most of your dream would revolve around three things from that, from what I've seen of you. It will revolve around um, how you make money, how you parent, And how you're a husband; those are the three areas your dream would revolve around. And you can confirm and tell me if I'm wrong or right.
1: Yeah, I mean, to a degree, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, because I don't have. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm single like you. I don't. I don't have a wife, and I don't have any kids. But I have. I have two cats. Uh, and, and they are in my dreams sometimes, and uh, so that's why know.
2: I Father, you will be a good father. So, a good father. That's yeah,
1: good. that's yeah. how I put it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm I'm a man who loves and has cats, so automatically, there proves your thing about patience. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> that's yep. great. That's great. Well, uh, th- hey, thanks again for for uh, coming on. We'd love to have you back, man. Any, any time.
1: Thank you sir. Thank you. Definitely this has been a great 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 stories, great conversations and uh, we really enjoyed talking to you. I did. Same here. Same here. Thank you very much
2: guys.
0: Absolutely. All right. Absolutely, pastor. Have a good evening.
2: You
1: yes. too. Thank and you. I'll... And be
2: the best. Okay. Go out and be the best. You Thank guys are you. you guys are great. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store.
1: Our merch store.
0: I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch?
1: Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch?
0: What's-your, dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash Story dot myspreadshop.com. That's what's dash your
1: spelled Y E R dash Weird Dash Story dot myspreadshop That's
0: correct. Get in touch with us. Go buy some merch. We got some cool stuff.
1: Yeah, do you and you know what? If any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas or has some really cool, what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a T-shirt? Get a hold of us. Maybe it'll happen. Well, we, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud of us for being on our best behavior uh, since Pastor <laughs> Henry was here with us but uh no wow Uh, talk uh, i mean really just a lot a a lot of wows a lot of wow there again thank you henry for joining us
0: yeah um interesting stories (sighs) and yeah and he and his story just his life story is really quite interesting let alone all the wild stuff you know of Mm-hmm. of him being a, a small child and the, that big wreck that they were in and mm-hmm. uh, just the the tragedy of that and the tra- trajectory of his life. Um, it's just really interesting, man. It was yeah. a great conversation.
1: Yeah. And him, the twice, the two times that he saw, you know, the four other Henry's, mm-hmm. you know, it, like, it, it's, it's it just that really sparks the imagination like w- yeah. or, you know what could this have been right you know could it have been like some kind of like divine kind of you know it, I mean you know it, 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 a you know choose your own direction kind right. of thing choose your own adventure
0: yeah 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 and here are right. the out-
1: outcomes or could it be that he was even looking at other m- parallel universes right it's 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 I don't know, but yeah. it's it's really wild, and I hadn't really heard anything like that before. And it's just
0: wow. Yeah, it's definitely a, a a unique perspective, and I I think I wish I had that ability to see the outcome from different angles before I make a decision. And oh yeah, that's a real gift, and um, just amazing that he was able to listen and and take note of what was happening and mm-hmm. uh and make decisions based upon that it's just really I, th- I think that's profound I also think it's profound his his actual just like you know travel over and you know over to this area North mm-hmm. America and that in itself is is a book for sure um yeah and he uh yeah he's definitely just a great guy and we had such a good conversation and uh, it was nice to have a conversation with a with a pastor, you know, and get his get that kind of a perspective on here.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you know, it, it, we we've had a lot of variety of people's with different professions, and you know, uh, a pastor. It seems you know, I mean, it it seemed like, well, you know, I mean, his stories are, you know, what kind of stories he's going to have. And this is just this amazing story. And it just, you know, even with a little bit of our own prejudice of maybe he's, you know, who knows what he's got. Everybody has at least one good story. yeah, And it, we, you know, and we prove it to ourselves. We, I was a little hesitant when he first contacted because uh, he sent me this, you know, this bio thing i'm like well okay this sounds interesting it was actually it was about his book and then i didn't get the bio and then but because the, the bio is where it's at it's like what well, right. he's experienced his life is you know yeah. all of it is amazing all of it is weird and totally you know original just amazing stuff yeah and yeah every everybody Everybody's got a, at least one good story to tell. Absolutely. And, you know, you hear us say that, and we hear, we set it back to ourselves this time. And, uh, you know, so we, we appreciate Henry coming on and, and just showing us that again. Um, and so, yeah, so we, as always, leave that open invitation to you, everyone out there to uh join us and and share your
0: your stories. Absolutely. Yeah, come on. We want to hear them. We love to talk to people from all walks of life and from wherever you're at in the world. Wherever that may be, we'll make it happen. We've had folks on from literally all around the world and and it's always fun mm-hmm. and always uh, a joy to talk to folks.
1: Absolutely. It's what makes this podcast Happen. It's what makes. Uh, it certainly makes our week whenever we uh, talk to people and we're able to share this experience and share this brief moment of our existences and uh, learn from each other and uh, wonder in each other's you know experiences and, and lives and uh, to appreciate you know all the things. There's so many good things and and so many amazing things, weird things. Uh, out there that happen and you know you have to take stocks sometime and think oh yeah this is different this is not what everybody else experiences in fact yeah. you know he was talking to us and he's like this is the first time I've ever told this all together yeah. and strung it and, and realized that there's a bigger narrative Yeah, that his life is a story that has a bigger narrative yep. that all these things come to and you know we like to focus on you know specific you know sections but that's not always the time that's not always how it is sometimes your life is just full of amazing things that you don't realize how unique you are and your life is thanks again henry thank you weirdsville for joining us uh we have always had a good time Uh, we're glad we are all on the same team here in in weirdsville um (laughs) you guys are you you're the best
0: around nothing's ever to get there for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Weird so you are the best and uh we we appreciate it you're the, you've got all the best stories and we know there's still tons more coming uh, so get a hold of us through our email, or social media accounts, F- Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, email us, W-Y-W-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. All that stuff. You know the routine. We'll be back here next time with Allison and some b- very informative and interesting conversation with her. Uh, you just have to tune in to find out more. You know, or download, tune in, download, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Have a good week. We'll see you next time, Weirdsville. Uh, We love you. Be safe.
0: Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them
1: all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast.